0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to episode 37. I totally didn't ask Elliot to remind me about that and get it wrong (laughs) before we started. 37, Trevor. It's 37, Trevor. (laughs) I got it. I got it. I got (laughs) it. And also, Elliot, happy Earth Day. I think it's pretty fitting that the two films that we ended up covering this week have a lot to do with nature Mm. and
0: destruction and, and,
1: and death yeah <laughs> yeah i mean they, they have so much to do with like growth b- birth uh, growth and then death which is mm-hmm. honestly everything on this earth goes through that phase that's a living organism or being mm-hmm. so i think these two films we're going to cover today really fit with being today being earth day and appreciating appreciating life because there are some really rough things really i mean they're beautiful in the way that they're presented but they're still really
0: rough to watch and mm-hmm. just go through as a viewer yeah well with these two particular films which are 13 assassins which was uh, released in 2010 and also harakiri which was released in 2011 directed by Takeshi, sorry takashi miike and Mike really with these two films brings his love of the samurai culture into them as well as his own love for Japan too, because Mm -hmm. you know, you have, as you said, life, death, and kind of rebirth in some respects too, because through death, you know, the samurai viewed death as a gateway to the next life as, as in many cultures. And also it was a, sense of honor, this sense of honor like travels through both of these films. Um with Thirteen Assassins, you know, you have this ragtag bunch of samurai who've become Ronin because they've been kind of cast out from their lord and decide to go against the Shogun's brother, uh or sorry, the former Shogun's brother, who's mm-hmm. trying to rise to power and take over the province that they live in, and multiple provinces actually. And these guys rebel against him because he literally, literally, this man is a, the pure embodiment of evil. And Mike really explores what it means to face that evil and lay down your life to save the innocent and also lay down your life for the greater cause, which is inevitably to bring peace to the land.
1: Yeah, what I what I find interesting is suicide typically is looked at as a almost like a cowardly way out. You'll hear mm-hmm. a lot of people kind of say that, and in both of these films, I, I don't see it looked at in that light whatsoever. It's almost like it's a. I mean, there's a whole ceremony that goes around the, these things. Basically, mm-hmm. everyone knows you're going to kill yourself, but you put on this giant ceremony with everybody watching and can perform uh
0: harakiri yeah is that correct i said sep- seppuku disembowelment or seppuku. basically so yeah. literally slicing open your insides and spilling them in front of your lord uh, oh, is the like bamboo. the rite of ritual i mean oh. we see it in hot, in the movie Harakiri. the bamboos oh my gosh yeah we'll get you to told that. me about that scene last yeah, night oh. i told you it's 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 uh it's pretty bad man mm. so <laughs> the samurai really believed in this sense of uh, duty honor and if that honor or duty was broken in any shape or form they would commit ritual suicide mm. and in a sense because they thought their lives were over because they basically gave their lives to their lord in a sense you know, so they were very strict about how they were viewed by society as well as their own There was a whole caste system, you know, the daimyo, the the shoguns, you know, it was all like, it's almost like a monarch, basically, Mm -hmm. like how we see in England and such, except without the suicide, (laughs) without the ritual suicide. So the fact that, you know, with 13 assassins, it really delves into more of actually viewing uh, evil as a threatening Force to peace, and what would you do to stop the violence from happening? And would you actually raise arms against your own lord to, you know, bring peace to the land, basically? Mm -hmm. And we see this in many films, you know, and it's funny because 13 Assassins kind of follows a similar archetype to, let's say, Seven Samurai, Magnificent Seven, um, even Ron. Uh, which mm-hmm. were, you know, uh, Seven Samurai and Ron being from Kurosawa, Akira Kurosawa directed them, and it was part of their uh, Jidai Geki f- uh, series of films that he dire- directed. Miki really draws upon Kurosawa's influence with this film as well as in Harakiri, uh, but I feel more so in this film because of just the storyline of how what it follows, you know, this ragtag group of like 13 samurai
1: yeah. it's like an epic in a way almost yeah. it, and it's it has- that heroes it goes back to that hero's journey right mm-hmm. but these it's the this is the one it's like i was mentioning to you when we were talking it's the <laughs> saving private ryan it's your mm-hmm. uh magnificent magnificent uh seven yeah is that right magnificent, yes, seven? magnificent seven. yeah there's so many numbered ones so i always want to make sure i get them right well but-
0: there's been several like anime adaptations of this story um, mm-hmm. I think there was literally it was literally called like the Seven or something, and it it, it was like a more fantastical version of Seven Samurai. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me, and um, <laughs> we'll cut that out. But anyway. gosh, Elliot, <laughs> running our tags, just just cut you know, cough on on cue, you know. Uh, so you know, there's yeah, there has been tons of inter- iterations of this particular story, mm-hmm. you know, um but it really also shows like how life was back in feudal japan all these samurai vying for control of the throne and how everyone is like power hungry and what it means to be a good man is mm. is really brought up because you know with the main character um who organizes the whole you know group together and is literally the centerpiece of the film he really Questions what it means to be a samurai. Um, You know, with the character of Shinzamon, he really represents this character who's questioning what it means to be a samurai and what it means to be a man and what it means to do the right thing. You know, he has a difficult choice defy his lord, commit ritual suicide because what's the honor in serving a lord that you don't respect? Or do you live for? the people that you're de- trying to defend and fight and raise arms against your Lord. It's interesting because in, in
1: Harikiri, mm-hmm. basically we see that similar premise, but we see it from the inside as opposed to the outside. Right. It's not really an outsider perspective. It's more from cause, cause in, internal. Yeah. And, in, in 13 and 13 assassins, he's already an outsider. He's, mm-hmm. he's out. He's, he's not part of, of the the, the domain, mm-hmm. for you know to say, but in how do you cut? I'm gonna I'm gonna say Harry carry. How to kitty? How to kitty? How to kitty? Kitty, yeah. Kitty, yes. And, and I just said to C. Learning.
0: I just said C. <laughs> we'll start ha- our espanol. Oh, you said C. <laughs> so yes. Height. Height would in, be in, Japanese. In, <laughs> yes. Ha. Yes.
1: How to kitty? Yes. Okay, I'm gonna say it normal now. You can and also hadakiri. say seppuku, too, because it's basically yeah. the same act. Well, I was saying the name of the film, that's why. Mm-hmm. But Harakiri, yes. Harakiri. <laughs> yes. Ha- harak- harakiri. Harakiri is good, yeah. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> All right, thank you, Elliot. I appreciate you. It's not, <laughs> but but yeah, we see an outsider, an insider's perspective, because he's, he's already, when, when the film starts, he's already <laughs> sitting there questioning about committing suicide. Right. And... Then there's the the story about who we see with the bamboo uh, sword, and yes. he's kind of like, you "No, know, why do you want to do this? Do you really want to do this?" He's 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 talking to him, but where I'm going with that is like you said, we're we're seeing a a hierarchy. We're seeing how how a samurai is viewed and mm-hmm. how they basically give themselves to their lord, and that's really challenged. It's challenged in Thirteen Assassins for sure, but in Hayate at the end especially there there's that realization that's that's like wait a minute and is what I'm doing really uh, he's he's kind of proving a point to everyone else around that's sit, standing there with their swords ready to attack him mm-hmm. when he knocks over the
0: armor that represents like the honor and the yeah a uh, sense of uh respect that you owe to your lord and because I think it, in a sense that particular piece of armor was gifted to the Lord Mm -hmm. of the house of EA. So by Hanshiro knocking over that piece of armor, you, he's literally desecrating the honor of the house, which in a sense he's, his own house has been desecrated because he's lost his son-in-law who he views as like a son, uh, Matome. And, you know, his wife is like on the miho is on the brink of dying um and they've just lost their little kid spoiler alert but mm-hmm. it's you know basically the premise guys for those who haven't seen hadakiri hadakiri is about the samurai who would try to um approach certain respectable houses back in feudal japan and try to convince the Lord to allow them to commit ritual suicide or seppuku or harakiri in the sense uh, in front and give them a and grant them a honorable death because and it almost becomes like and then like they would try to weasel out of it and bribe the um, particular house or head of the household of uh, to give them money because they were either down on their luck. It was usually Ronin who didn't have a Lord who were, you know, or even peasants who were trying to like one up, you know, the upper class or even trying to like, just get money to survive in, in this Mm -hmm. particular time period. And we see that with the character of Motome and he does this and he gets caught in the act and has to go through with himself himself disemboweling himself but as it is revealed slowly he doesn't have actual swords and kind of what we were talking about earlier that (laughs) made uh, Trevor cringe here was that he has to commit suicide with or he's made to commit suicide with his wooden uh, daisho uh, the sword the smaller sword and he uh (laughs) it it takes him a while and the sound design on that particular scene is ridiculous oh. it makes you just want to like fast forward because it it's so cringe uh and this is a staple also of mika he knows when to throw those moments of like cringe um and shock into it because he's got like this very v- kind of dark side to him which is kind of interesting uh we see it in 13 assassins with the peasant uh the peasant girl who comes to the lord uh, mm. uh to, and Shinzimon sees her totally uh without any arms or legs and we find out that the shogun has cut off her arms and legs and yeah. just left her to die basically and slaughtered her whole village so but i think the reason why mike puts these shock moments in is to definitely make the impact of the forces of evil are at work and are trying to overtake the land and the hero has to then overcome that desecration or that particular act of barbarity and rise up against it
1: well it's just building a better a better villain right yeah ultimately you add on to these because there's the scene with the woman with no arms no legs there's a scene where all the women are being raped oh yeah that too which uh, I mean that's just oh my, and yeah. then the then the then the man ends up uh, also partaking after the interesting scene where he looks up and and notices the appendage hanging. It's like oh that is a very and then he that oh that oh there's just yeah there's just so many there's so like you said there's so many shock moments. Uh, I, I think what's interesting about with the 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 bamboo sword and it breaking is I feel like when you see a death of a character in a film typically. Yeah. It's very quick. It's mm-hmm. very it might be drawn out but it, maybe they got shot or stabbed but they don't continue to try to kill to either be killed or kill themselves. Like normally right. it's there's no, no suffering involved. Yeah. And you've, you both films at in the beginning of this one with the bamboo sword and then also in 13 Assassins when I want to make sure I get his name correct when uh Lord Naratsugu mm-hmm. is finally slain. You you also hear that class system in effect there because when he's when he's fighting with uh, I want to get his name right Shinzimon. when he's mm-hmm. fight when he's fighting when he's fighting with Shinzimon, he says oh I'm in pain I've I've never felt pain before and mm-hmm. you feel it you you I, I even if even though we're not being stabbed ourselves it's like oh the the way he's reacting to that is so real and so gritty
0: yeah
1: and then at the end of Uh, harakiri (laughs) thank you at the end of harakiri i i'm gonna screw i'm gonna screw it up eventually it's okay okay. eventually (laughs) there's so (laughs) many names to there's so many names to go through i know but so at the end of harakiri when uh he uh our protagonist is eventually slain and the armor is knocked over they go to the lord and he's just like oh just polish my armor you know just polish the armor it's fine Mm -hmm. You, you know basically basically saying that
0: they're just going to cover I'm still, it up.
1: I'm still, yeah, I'm still at the top. He tried something; it didn't work out. There's just there. There's so much regard for human life, but at the same time, there's no regard for human life, which I find very interesting.
0: Well, what I thought was the parallels of how, well, actually, not the parallels, the differences in the two films in their villains is that in one, in Thirteen Assassins, you have the villain killed you have mm, mm-hmm. some kind of closure to it you have the hero overcomes evil in some sense but with Harakiri, you ha- have um the villain like evil is meant to rule the day basically they yeah. it's and it's interesting that you have like this kind of long torment going through both films too of the hero uh or heroes in in each film because it's like they're all trying to just live and survive in Mm -hmm. this dark in the dark ages basically because we consider feudal japan like almost like the dark ages of like medieval england or you know it's just your you just have your honor and your your sword basically and you have to fight to survive to gain status and also gain and gain your life in a sense Mm -hmm. because you're in some respects you never really had a life because you are under a lord, you have to serve. It's you know, sla- it's slavery.
1: In it's a basically
0: way. a caste slavery, basically. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, chivalry. You know, yes, it came out of that, but you know, we also it, it's it's basically slavery because you're still, um, you know, under you know you're you're answering to someone, and uh, your life is is nothing. It's it's just kind of cast aside type of thing. So that's you know i find that interesting that mike really explores that in both films mm-hmm. um with Harakiri, like i find that with the like the difference with with Harakiri is that he really mike really tries to show what pure poverty looks like and mm-hmm. what you would do to try to get out of that crappy situation type of thing and we see that with matome and uh you know his wife and uh, hanshiro you know like hanshiro just is making umbrellas just to you know egg you know get by and everything because he can't use his sword to you know he's not he's no longer a sword for hire he kind of gave up that way of life even though we find out that he was actually he's actually a really amazing swordsman and probably could have killed all those sword you know, those samurai had he actually had a real sword, mm-hmm. you know?
1: Well, one thing I wanted to mention as well, talking about just the, the differences with, with both films and, uh, mm-hmm. Mike, I feel like both films and we've kind of touched on this a little bit, but it's with death comes a gratitude for life. Every, mm-hmm. and especially it's especially seen in, in Harakiri yeah because I feel like in in harikiri the the effects that we're feeling are a lot more personal and and a lot yeah. closer to the actual characters and we're feeling a lot more I, I make this comparison a lot with the films we watch when we watch two films typically I feel like Kiri is a lot more of a uh a, I don't know, An emotional drama really really gets you in there deep. Like it's a great acting both are great acting pieces. It's heart
0: wrenching too. But I feel like Thirteen
1: Assassins is more like a a blockbuster, right? It's that samurai, the thirteen guys are gonna take out this big bad emperor and all of his (laughs) his bad guys in this town and this awesome fight scenes with a bunch of choreography and a bunch of blood and stabbing and And hacking. And cool epic (laughs) epic cool epic hero shots where they're stand where I mean where he's standing there with the with his katana Right. And just waiting for them to attack. I mean, there's so many amazing. It's very stylized.
0: Shots. It's it's yeah. and Kurosawa really Akira Kurosawa really started that whole stylization of the epic samurai film, you know. So mm-hmm. Mike just drawing upon that and, you know, continuing that legacy. Um, you know, he really got his you know act or his not his acting, his directing chops down because like he came from a uh background of directing these straight to video um movies which i found really interesting they were now almost like the on vhs well they were almost like the, the exploitation films of the eight, late 80s and early 90s in japan so they would mm. always focus on gangsters yakuza and <laughs> and somehow like the hero is like trying to get out of that life or you know trying to you know one up the bad guy type of thing and it, it, he really developed his own directing style with those films and you know th- that led to then directing Icha the Killer which focuses on a particular villain that goes against the yakuza and has to you know like they they're scared of this man because he's mm-hmm. he's insane and I, I it's interesting that mike no like the, his villains are very three-dimensional because, you know, you ha- you do feel for the villain in 13 Assassins, you know, mm-hmm. and you also kind of feel for the villains in Harakiri, in a sense, except for the ones who make Matome actually commit suicide with the wood sword. Then it's like, okay, they're, they're gonna get it. Like, you want them to die. But the lord himself, he's kind of stuck in between does he uh, save face in front of his men and you know, say, speak up against what they're doing and then lose the respect of his men because it, you know, uh, but he would have saved a life, you know, type mm-hmm. of thing. But that's the thing life is just hanging in the balance through these films and men just toy with it the whole time and they don't really, some cherish it, some just throw it away, and some just like are trying to figure out what it means. To what is your life worth? Mm-hmm. That's that's absolutely true. I think uh, it maybe it
1: brought up an interesting point I wanted to make. Yeah, this is a, these are two questions for you talking about okay. life uh, yeah. on a spiritual sense. In Thirteen Assassins, we are introduced to a character when they're out uh, going between the town. They they meet this hunter, mm-hmm. and his name is Koyata. Uh, I want to make sure I say Koyata, 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 yeah. mm-hmm. and. We see him die a pretty gruesome death uh, early on in the film. Yes. But then <laughs> he comes back at the end. So my question to you, there's a supernatural aspect there because yes. we saw him absolutely get sliced. There was a, it was, a, no, it was a knife in his, in his, uh, ne- in ne- his neck. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. thrown into his neck. and And so that was a it's at the very, very end of the film. And it's. I wanted to get your opinion. I, I think it has to do something with the fact that our our main character is standing there all by himself. Everything is dilapidated, falling apart. There's fire, and then he kind of just walks off. He's like, "What are you going to do now?" And uh, I'll get your. I want to get your your thoughts first before I elaborate I, I think elaborate it's part anymore. of
0: the nephew's psyche because in a so sense, you don't think he's real. No, I think it's part of he's gone through this traumatic event in his life, and mm. he's. At a crossroads, in a sense. I mean, look at the scenery he's in. He's, like, in front of this... Like, he's in the village, and it's there's bodies everywhere, the Mm -hmm. buildings are trashed, and his world has crashed, and he's, like, trying to figure out what he's going to do with his new life, because now he's free. You know, Mm -hmm. what is he going to, you know, go, like, live his life with his wife? Because he has a wife waiting for him. That's the thing and then he is like contemplating even just like you know going off and just leaving everything behind type of thing.
1: Well yeah cuz he has nothing. I mean, he does have something, but at the same time he's lost his connection to what he thought was you know his purpose, I guess you could say.
0: Right. And I think the innocence uh of his own personal I guess psyche, like that's what um that particular character represents because you know he wasn't it, it was it, yeah it's very unclear as to whether he's real or not be, but mm-hmm. like in that moment um you know it has that very supernatural feel to it because i guess it, it's like is he seeing a ghost
1: in a yeah, sense there, the, he, he's so influential to that final scene because without him i don't think the there would be that 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 decision-making process right like mm-hmm. what am i going to do with my life now because that question is posed to him and if it is actually his psyche it would make it would make perfect sense if that's the case because that would be something that you would think about yourself i, I i'm i'm very curious i know that like that was an integral an integral scene because i didn't expect him to yeah. just reappear and be like hey i'm good how's it going you know i took a took a knife. i took a nice little <laughs> slice across the chest and a knife in the neck but I'm good. My carotid artery. Yeah, I'm I'm fine. I'm fine. It's just a and flesh then, wound, right? It's just a. Fl- <laughs> and then and then we see in uh, to to back up your point about maybe the psyche in in Harikiri, and, and, <laughs> it's okay. it's Harry, Carey. Harry Carey. and is that Harry Carry. Harry Carries and Harry and <laughs> In yeah. Harikiri, kiri we see when uh, Han Hanshiro ends up being slain. He has that moment where he's seeing his wife and his child. And they're alive mm-hmm. so it's almost like that passing over or or going into that that other realm that next life right and yep. there's that supernatural before he is actually you know falls down and is dead there's that moment of we get to see like oh he's at peace basically mm-hmm. and there was one other thing i wanted to ask about mm-hmm. the snow it only starts oh, falling and yeah. yeah yeah it only starts falling when there's about to be when basically the whole he 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 reveals that he's taken those those uh whatever they're called. I forget what they're called. The head things, the the hair, the hair, yeah, the, the head, head tops. That yeah, the hair tops, their head tops. And then the snow begins to fall, and it's it literally looks like a picture. It's in, it's insane with the, the all of the all the others behind him with their swords <laughs> drawn, and he's got his sword ready to unsheath it, it's and like- then the snow just starts falling. Yeah. i'm like okay this is like picturesque like this is th- this is like some kurosawa in- influence right here and inspiration yeah. but a little ozu the in snow? there too you know maybe yeah a little ozu thrown in there a little sprinkle oh see the snow sprinkled it in oh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so so uh yeah we're pointing at each other right now mm-hmm. we're in totally different places uh, fist bump. <laughs> you just hear mo <laughs> top yes. knots that's what they're called top knots, yes. um but so why snow why, why at that moment? I mean, I know snow is pure and it's innocent and it's beautiful. Well,
0: it, it's, I think, because the snow represents the fragile, the fragility of life and his, his life hanging in the balance. It's because if you think of a snowflake, it's so light and delicate, you mm. know, life. And I think that's what Mike is trying to convey in this particular scene is that Life is delicate and needs to be cherished in some form or fashion and uh you know speaking about life and everything, they also in when they bring motome's body to be viewed by hanshiro and uh his his daughter mm. and he's just like he's just literally just like a bloody pulp of a body yeah.
1: there it's just covered by and a-
0: his wife starts um you know he she takes the uh, little rice um treat it's interesting because that particular scene reminded me of almost like Jesus giving his body and his life oh like breaking the like the, the breaking of the suffer. bread because yeah, like the breaking the
1: bread and offering the and cup, she's yeah. then
0: eating it because that's mm-hmm. all they have to eat and it's you know it's got his own blood on it but it's like almost like you know it had a very religious iconic iconography there uh and I thought that was a very interesting like biblical um reference there because it was like, wow, he's he's literally been beheaded, he's been disemboweled. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you think about it, Jesus was also kind of disemboweled in a sense with yeah, the, he spear was of stabbing the side with the spirit, yeah, yeah. He was yeah. And then it's interesting because like then they do like a shot of his hands bloodied, so it's like I was like, wow, that's really trippy. Big, I never noticed yeah. that before. I was like, okay, cool. But <laughs> it makes well, a lot more you, sense.
1: Yeah, something you said about the snowflakes that made me just think when you said that, mm-hmm. uh, you said how snowflakes are so delicate and and how also in each snowflake, they're all unique. They all have these incredible designs and a beauty in them. And right. he, just like each person, we're like all created these, yeah. very differently and, and unique. And then when the snowflake melts, that's our time gone, right? We're, it's we're fleeting floating through life, life is fleeting we're moving. yeah life is fleeting and we're see that in both films I see i think we see it more in, in harikiri mm-hmm. because it's just so much more in your face it's just a deeper i, I love 13 assassins if you just want to watch like a fun it still has a great message but it's 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 more of a it's fun an like movie. yeah it's an action it's an action film yeah harikiri is really a deep like oh this is like it makes you appreciate life and really think about what you're doing and mm-hmm. what your purpose might be. And I, I love, I love when directors, you know, go for something that it means something to them. And you can tell that with Mikay. did I say that right? Yes. McKay. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> well, with, with, with Mickey, I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing pretty good on the names. I haven't butchered, yeah. <laughs> butchered any yet, but with, with Mikay, that he truly cares about life and just, the the state of being born and the state of living and the state of making decisions and choices and Mm -hmm. like you said you know where he started with his to home video and now where he's at with his directorial vision with these two films is incredible to see the growth not only as an artist but as a person Mm -hmm. which is what we're all trying to do in life anyway is grow develop uh, hopefully, become something that we want to be doing and and do and just yeah. have a f- ha- fulfill ourselves
0: in whatever way that is. Well, and also, like you'll see with a lot of directors, they, as you say, grow and and you hope hopefully they grow <laughs> and yeah. um, you know somehow evolve through their films and and try new things. And I I really respect Mika because he he is of the opinion of you know he he shoots what he wants to see and he wants to talk about you know so I have a lot of respect for someone who has a voice and has something to say and isn't just you know okay we're just going to make an action film you know 13 assassins yeah it's an action film but there's a lot of underlying layers to the particular film that make you question certain things and also see with Japan it's always had this uh, trend of you know, like they have this kind of very dark past. I mean, what country doesn't? But you know, with you know, Japan is unique in this in the fact that how they view f- view death is very um, ritualistic, and mm-hmm. also in they a don't sense fear it. They don't th- fear it. They're more in tune feel- with nature too because they yep. they have a respect you know because of the shintoist background the buddhist background that they've been influenced by they have an appreciation for life and nature and how Mm -hmm. we connect with nature and you know because they you know embody spirits in animals very much like native americans of here in america and you know it's it's very uh interesting that the samurai adopted some of that but then they threw this weird quirk in there of like thinking suicide was that kind of rite of passage to honor and and you know stability and and also like okay, it shows that yet yeah, but it shows that you're it. a man which it, it's interesting because in harakiri it brings that up what does it mean to be a man mm. and how do you take care of you your must family be swift
1: as the course <laughs> You knew I was going to do that. Of course, of course. <laughs> I haven't gotten my like pun slash fun moment in yet. So there oh, there we go. Is. There it is. <laughs> Every now, everyone that's listening in that knows that is just going to is just singing like singing along start, now.
0: Start let let out the lighters and stuff and everything. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> so but getting back on topic, uh, <laughs> you know, like they with Kitty, you know, it it brings up the question of what it means to be a man and watch over your family and provide for your family, because Hanshiro and Matome are both men and samurai who have this need to, you know, of course, protect uh, Motome's wife um, and the child as well. And they, because of life's little intricacies and how it kind of is always fighting against you, they end up in a bad situation like they are in the they're they have you know they're in the poverty line they don't have much they are struggling to even just get medicine for Matome's wife's uh, condition which is never really clear if she's got like tuberculosis or if she's just like i love how they always go for the, she's coughing up blood and she's oh yeah you and know, you just
1: don't know it's like oh she's not unnamed
0: doing unnamed well. disease um, she's sick but you know she's sick and then the the baby as well and it's like okay well you know it's but these two men have their sense of honor is protecting their family and providing for their family which the other men in the film don't really do they're more antagonistic and view honor as a very butchered um life right in a sense that really just does not make it's kind of like an insanity that happens that you with too much power greed and all the you know evil forces in the world you allow those into your life you're gonna turn out as, like these particular types of characters where well, yeah. you're just taking advantage of people or you're you know harming your fellow man
1: uh, yeah I mean the, the people yeah. you're around shape who you are I mean your exactly. influences whatever it is shapes who you are and uh, now I'm blank I was going to say something and I don't remember what I was going to say okay oh no I've gone blank I've gone blank you can continue I'll remember in a second. Is maybe. it? Is it uh, Streets of Fire? <laughs> no, it had something. Oh, what was it? Um, 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 um,
0: we were talking about Hadakiri, no. right of life.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's what it was. Thank you. Like you pointed out earlier, with the the bread and and the and the drink almost being biblical. It's it's interesting how a samurai is basically calling is is almost very very in tune with with jesus if you think about it like jesus especially with with uh harikiri, uh, harikiri. jesus was born to a not very wealthy family mm-hmm. i mean he was not didn't have a lot of money and then his journey basically takes him on to eventually eventually die and mm-hmm. if you look at a a samurai um you could kind of you could kind of put all these pieces together and it's very it's very interesting how that kind of follows the same pathway in a way it's like yeah. their ultimate thing is it's a different it's a different you know
0: it's a different overall well, it's the sacrifice of and, of one's life for laying others. and and laying down that your life to serve the better good or the better you know uh, your, but in this, uh, yeah go ahead
1: yeah, but for example, in, in Harakuri, at the end, when the three that have lost their top knots uh eventually show themselves again, yeah. they 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 kill themselves because yeah. they're so ashamed, which is, I mean, that was just wild to see. I mean, I figured they something like that might happen, but it's just how fast he goes about and does it. The first guy, he just runs in there, grabs the sword, and Hah!
0: yeah, without and even a thought.
1: Yeah, and then we're just sitting. We watch. We watch all all of them, and then we just sit and we have to just like live in that moment. And oh, it's just it's so brutal. I don't think I've seen a lot of deaths in films and things like that. And takes it to another level. But it's just, and it's not even it's not graphic. It's not super bloody. It's not like you're losing limbs. It's Mm -hmm. just because you're sitting in the state of somebody dying and killing, like killing themselves. But it's taking a long time. It's not just like an instant like, oh, head's gone. Oh, they've been stabbed in the heart. They're dead.
0: It's It's like a slow, grueling process. And it just gets to you. mm -hmm. Well, it wrenches at your sensitivity as a sensitive being because Mm -hmm. you feel for these men because, you know, we wouldn't contemplate suicide either one of us, cause you know, we're very happy people and we, you know, we have a lot to live for and, and we, 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 you know, we want to live. We've made that choice. If, if you have a person who has not, uh, made that choice and is like not wanting, like wants out, it's like, I, I can't, I can't even imagine being in those shoes, you know, and, and, yeah. and, and being in that place because that's a dark place that I, would never want to go to you know yeah. i'm, I'm well, sure but, you wouldn't either so
1: no i mean that's the interesting to- thing on the topic of suicide is a very heavy topic but yeah. you know most people that that commit suicide are some of the happiest people it seems like they seem like they have yeah. everything going well in their life but underneath yeah there's a lot of just a lot of a lot of darkness and things that are going on that they don't they don't want to express to others and that's I mean I mean, not trying to get too deep into the topic of suicide, but it, it does it does fall into these two films. I mean, mm-hmm. that's something that's that's covered very, very deeply in both films. And you see some really graphic, not in a sense of like blood and gore and stuff, but just living in a person's last moments and watching them kill themselves. It's brutal. And and, and like you said, you know, I I, I can't fathom what that what that feeling is like, or I ne- you know never want to be able to never want to be able to associate or feel that in any way, but like it gives you a perspective on on, on just how how uh, I'm trying to think of the right word that actually you know would would well how with fragile this. I, life is yeah how and, there you go thank and, you how and, fragile life is
0: well and also like it it um you know the fact that. You know these men in the in and the samurai f- in the films don't really you know if they if they don't have like a something to live for, they just have to, done they they they're like okay i'm I have w- lost my purpose in life and it goes to show you you have to give people purpose you have to give them a reason to stay in this world and also mm-hmm. to you know. Bring joy and, and life to their lives, you know, and, and when you're in in situations where there is no hope and and such, you know, like try to, you know, the, the thing is, is like with culturally, it's interesting because the samurai, you know, like they were these ma- very macho, you know, probably didn't talk about their feelings and everything and weren't really in t- touch with their feminine side. And mm-hmm. the fact that they're, they didn't have that outlet to express themselves, it's like, you know, it, it it's just sad because, you know, we talk about our problems to our friends, our family and such, and it helps us, like, th- figure out things in life and also go through things in life too, whether they be bad or good, you know, so... Mm-hmm. Well, the fact um, yeah. that the fact that Han Shiro
1: didn't commit suicide and he was killed honorably, actually, right. and defending himself, I think, says a lot and speaks a lot to what the what the message that uh, Miki was trying to convey mm-hmm. about about his 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 main characters because they saw and went through a lot of watching people die and and people kill themselves and things like that, but at the end. And and you know, in Thirteen Assassins, our main character survives and lives. Mm-hmm. Not the same in Harakiri. But again, like you said, one ends with a you know, the 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 good guy wins, right? Rides right off into the sunset. But again, he's kind of sort of, of. <laughs> Yeah, he's kind of at a loss. He, he he's trying to find that purpose by the end. In Harakiri, he he kinda already has a purpose, but it's kind of taken away from him. He's really as as time goes on throughout the film and different things transpire, if you if you agree with that.
0: I I, I, I do. I, I really think Hanshiro is really put there to it, it's almost it's it's in a way a revenge tale because he's revenging his uh the insult done to Matome, his mm-hmm. his son. And the fact that he fights with the wood sword is Kind of like a—it's almost like he's a—he's a part of him with him type of thing in a way. Exactly, and also it's kind of like oh, to desecrate the honor of the other samurai, Mm -hmm. like you're not even worth fighting with a real sword. (laughs) Well, and
1: then it also goes back to the story that was told earlier about the one that about the 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 man that killed himself with the the bamboo sword, Mm -hmm. and now he's using that very exact same type of sword, but now he's fighting back. Right. So that also goes against so there's so many there's so many things attached to that sword that it holds so many meanings it's a symbol. besides yeah. just being yeah, it's a symbol, besides just being a sword that, you know, is a little bit different than your than your typical sword that everybody else is using. And that sword held up well. It did against all it those did. other ones. <laughs> which is very impressive. But uh it was I I think to to summarize these two films, you know, um really cares about life and rebirth and and being born and just appreciating the time we have on this earth and using it to our full advantage and also to just to just hold life hold life you know in your hand just just think about it think about how precious life is and we Mm -hmm. we don't really think about it i feel like until drastic things happen in our lives, whether it's, you know, somebody we know might pass away or we might go through something really difficult, or somebody we know might go through. And then it kind of comes back into focus. But otherwise, I think life kind of sits on the outside because we're so pulled into everything going on. And I think with these two films, uh Mike really allows us to kind of ground ourselves, especially with Harikiri, ground ourselves and appreciate and just understand how precious life truly is and for anybody yep. also i just want to put it for anybody that's like you know going through anything or, or things like that or, or potentially whatever it may be there's always people that can help you out reach out to friends family like yep. life there's is precious out there seek help
0: and ask ask for help
1: yeah life is precious you only got one life and you know hold it hold it in your hand think about how precious it is and and treat every day like it's your last and i think that's what. uh takashi mikay would also say yeah. well said if you like this episode make sure to follow us on social media at film detectives for further news and upcoming shows join us next week as we explore filmmakers from around the world
0: thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform